0: Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. This week I have with me Kwasi Abor from Côte d'Ivoire. He's an economist and a researcher at Africa Futures and Innovation Program, a program that was initiated by the ISS, the Institute for Security Studies. Kwasi, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having
0: me. Awesome. Awesome. It's really great having you on the show today. One of the reasons I I believe I mentioned this to you, the reason we were actually having to do this podcast today is because of one article that you wrote sometime in October where you were talking about how Africa must be prepared for foreign divestment, right? We'll get into that article and get to talk about some of the things that you highlighted in there. But before we get to that, everybody would love to know the men we have on the show today. So if you can kindly introduce yourself and then we'll take it from there.
1: Okay, as I said, uh, I am from Côte d'Ivoire. I did my first degree in economics and masters in economics in Côte d'Ivoire, at the University of elisufo Côte d'Ivoire, the main university of Côte d'Ivoire. After that, uh, I moved to Turkey in Istanbul here, in uh, Istanbul to do my PhD at Marmara University, in Istanbul. So I did a PhD in economics. So after that, I, I worked for a while for a company here specializing in export to sub-saharan African countries. And after that, I I, I joined uh, the Institute for Security Studies. So basically what we do at the African Future and Innovation Program, we work on the future of of African countries. What we do, we analyze the the current trajectory of the development of the countries and see, for example, uh, by 2030 where the country is heading to by 2030 and we design alternative a scenario to shape the future of of the country this is what we do like a forward look forward looking based research
0: all right that's interesting now when doing that type of research i believe africa has been a place that most people have described as having limitations to access to data How are you guys going around that, getting to the information that you need for you to be able to make these predictions?
1: Yes, data is is a big issue in in Africa. There are many, many areas where we we can't do a study on African countries because of lack of data. Even when you have the data, the accuracy of data, sometimes, you know, the people, some organizations. So we usually take our data from the well-known sources like IMF, World Bank, UN, United Nations, African Economic Commission for Africa, and national uh, central banks. We try to to take our data from there. But what you said, you are right, data issue is is a big issue in Africa. Yes.
0: I think that's something that still needs to be resolved. Yes, yes, yes. The main aim of this podcast is to help African entrepreneurs build and run successful businesses. Now, do you think there could be an opportunity there for African entrepreneurs to correct the lake of data and actually lack of access to the data and perhaps put systems in place that could benefit the future of Africa? Is there something that you think entrepreneurs could be doing?
1: Yes, yes. I think uh, the data, uh, first of all, the government also to to make a, a step there to, to improve data collection, for example, uh, reinforcing the capacity of the uh, national uh, statistic institutions. And so and also sometimes when the data collection, they take the data from companies, from firms, and sometimes some firms also refuse to release data. I think government also uh, yes, to work in collaboration with this firm because data help to, to do a, a evidence-based policy making and this is the best way to, to make a policy when you have evidence and through based on that evidence you make the policy. So I think with uh, government and the private sector should work hand in hand uh, to, to make uh, data more available. It's always it's to help yeah.
0: All right. No, that's that's good. Again, the continent is teeming right now with opportunities, left, right, and center for entrepreneurs. Now, when you were um, in the article that we were going to be talking about, you you mentioned uh, foreign divestment. Now, would you want to go in detail into what that is and where you see it af- affecting um, the African continent? Yeah,
1: foreign di- divestment is is a, a frequent uh, a phenomenon that happen firms used to do that sometimes for for opportunistic or for strategic reason for example they, for firm can uh, divest uh, it, it, it it consists of a partial or full disposal of asset or a, a, a closure of a business unit so firms sometimes use it for as i said for strategic reason or to invest in a new market because sometimes they can anticipate the, the, where the future demand will be from the market. So based on that, they can decide to, uh, to just sell some of assets or even close or downgrade, down, downscale their, their activities and invest in a, a new area. Or some of, uh, some of firms do that to keep face with uh, technical changes and innovation, or sometimes to improve their agility or to sharpen their focus on growth opportunities. But sometimes it's not always also for opportunistic or strategic reasons. Sometimes they divest because of the poor business environment, such as political instability, the unfavorable regulatory and legal environment, and the labor costs. So these things also force sometimes some companies, foreign companies, to divest, to sell their business, or to close and leave their country. And this will have a negative impact. On African economies,
0: you mentioned in your article that we don't have that much data to fully analyze this type of phenomenon, and the fact that you, as you say, it affects it affects the continent as a result of the perhaps the closure of businesses or as yes, uh, yes. Uh, uh,
1: downgrade or downscale of activities, right, right. Of activities.
0: which mostly results in uh, loss of employment for most people. And that also adds to the unemployment that the continent has. Now, if there's so much divestment happening, especially, I think, because of COVID-19 and uh, the ensuing events, if there is so much um, divestment going on, don't you think perhaps it could be an opportunity for, um, for Africa to start looking within and start promoting businesses within because um, as you mentioned again in your article, I, and again I'll put I'll put a link to your article because I think it's an article that yeah. every entrepreneur should read and and oh. get to understand the point that you were putting across. But um, as a I think as a way forward, don't you think Africa should be looking within, trying to look at entrepreneurs on the continent? I understand sometimes it could be an issue of money, uh, saying we would like to promote the entrepreneurs here, but we do not have the money to do it, All right? But I really think it's time for Africa to start looking within and money is a created thing, right? Uh, just because perhaps the IMF or the world bank has given loans to Africa, it doesn't necessarily mean that they actually gave substance, they gave capacity to do things. If I'm correct, you are the economist. Yeah. To you, this is daily bread, but this is uh, uh, perhaps my understanding of it. So looking at it, I was thinking if Africa could look within, do you think, perhaps the investments that we are losing through to this um, rapid divestment that is happening right now, could we cover that by promoting entrepreneurs on the continent?
1: Thank you. That's a good question. Yes. First of all, I think uh, Africa should promote uh, local entrepreneurs, but also we should not let the foreign uh, firms to go. We cannot see them as uh, enemies because foreign firms... Can contribute to social transformation in African economies because they come with superior technology, uh, marketing, and managerial skills that uh, local firms do not have. So, when they come, they establish a, for a supplier and a buyer a relationship with domestic firms. Through that, they transfer technology, managerial skills, and marketing skills and it improves the productivity of local firms. So the, the, the presence of foreign firms in the economy is good. Government, it's up to the government to decide which sector is closed for foreign investors and which sector is open for foreign investors. We have some areas, some sectors in African countries, African. it depends on the economies, where we have local capabilities. I think those sectors should be closed for foreign investment. And so some sectors we, where we don't have local capabilities, so we can allow foreign investors in, that is, so that our local entrepreneur can learn from them to build also their own capability. So it's a kind of complementary issue. So uh, it depends on the policy, We should that orient uh, put uh, allow the foreign investors to come to the country, but they should invest in line with our development objectives right and yes so domestic uh, investment is very very important because now as you're seeing a government cannot employ uh, all those people who are looking for job right, and in yes. unemployment youth, youth unemployment on the continent is very 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 high and you know that a high youth unemployment can can increase the risk of social and political instability so private sector is very very important And uh, the main problem you have, talented entrepreneurs uh, across the continent. But the main problem here is access of finance. Financial market is not well developed in many African countries. With the exception of maybe South Africa, the financial development level of other African countries is very poor. Mm. That does not allow firms, those who have a good idea to, to, to get finance to start their business.
0: All right. and then uh, I think it takes me back to 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 the point I was, uh, I was saying that money is a created thing. It's 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 not something that actually exists. We're no longer on the gold standard, but um, if it is then a created thing. Now, this you will have to help me out here because this is a, this is a, a, um, a I think a subject that not many people would be familiar with. But I believe from an economic uh, in, in an economics standpoint these would be things that you you are actively engaging with. If we were to look at the cost of maintaining foreign firms within the economy compared to the cost of promoting local entrepreneurs, do you think, or now when I'm saying cost, I'm looking both at money and time, right? Do you think perhaps if if African governments focused on breeding particular entrepreneurs on the continent, whilst, yes, we still have some level of foreign involvement in the economy, do you think perhaps the level or the capacity we will get to by promoting local entrepreneurs compared to the capacity we will have uh, by allowing um, foreign uh, companies to continue on the continent do you think the capacity perhaps could be the differentiation between what we have now and what the future of Africa could become? Because I'm looking forward to a time where we we are sort of weaned from the foreign breast, so to say, because we've been on it for a very long time. Um, I believe, if I, if my statistic is correct here, yeah. from from as far back as 1995, I believe that's when Ghana became part of the um, World Trade Organization, right? If I were to look from then to now, it's been just about, what, 25 years? Within those 25 years, if we had been promoting local talent, could, do you think we could be perhaps around the same level as uh, most foreign firms?
1: Yes, yes, I think we should you are right, we should promote uh, uh, local talent, we should promote local entrepreneurs, local firms. You know, when your economy is controlled totally by foreign firms, it, it can pose a serious challenge. At any time, sometimes they follow instruction from the the, 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 the headquarters yeah. and the headquarters is in the foreign country. So their decision, or sometimes when you need investment, when you need them to stay in the country to invest, they decide to leave. Also, so they follow in, uh, instruction from outside, instead from the local government. So if we are able to promote our local firms, local entrepreneurs, it's, it helps. to to maintain the the economy, to create jobs. And uh, for example, when you look at South Korea, South Korea, they they promote local firms. Of course, they they use foreign investment, but they always, uh, when you come to the country, first condition, you should transfer the technology. Second condition, you should should associate yourself with a local entrepreneur, so that the, the entrepreneur will learn from you. So, we can use them to promote our local entrepreneurs. So, South Korea used that strategy. At that time, when you go there, you have to get, you associate yourself with a local entrepreneur and you have to transfer the technology. If you don't want to transfer the technology, then you, they will not let you in. So, they promote local firms. Look at Samsung, look at uh, Hyundai, look at those companies. They started from scratch. The Samsung, uh, uh, Hyundai car were not good in the beginning, by learning, there's something we call learning by doing. Indeed. <laughs> the government support them. Government support them. They have support from the government. Sometimes they cannot get access to finance, but the government will borrow from them because they uh, borrow money from the international market and give it to them to support their business because government can borrow. Sometimes where the uh, individual firms cannot get finance, government can get finance from there. So government go to international market, borrow money, and give it to Samsung, Hyundai, and other uh, uh, South Korean companies you know. Look at Samsung today. Look at a Hyundai. Hyundai sells car in US more than Ford. They have good quality cars. So this is something we should do in, in Africa. We have good entrepreneurs. We have uh, people like Dan Kote in Nigeria. We should promote them. We should support them. You have uh, uh, one in, in, in Ghana, in the, in the Ka, Asanka area, like uh, uh, they call Kantanka.
0: Right, yes, We yes,
1: yeah. to, to to make Ka, Kantanka in Ghana. He's not getting the necessary support from the government. You know? Right. We, we should promote them. You should follow the, 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 the strategy of Asian countries. In 1960 somewhere, 1970, many African countries were richer than uh, uh, Asian countries. South Korea, China, but look at today. We we, we take we take, we go there. and borrow money from them. We can compare the income uh, average income of, of of South Korea is thirty thousand US dollars. Look at even South Africa, who is the leading economy in in, in Africa. The income per average income is just twelve thousand US dollars. You see, so right. we yeah. should promote investment. Investment is very important. Private sector. Today, uh, the African uh, continental free trade agreement is an opportunity for African countries to boost their industrialization right. and, and development because it gives a, a market of over 1 billion a consumer. So what we need is to, to de- design industrial policy to support our local entrepreneurs, local firms, so that uh, they, they can take advantage of uh, this market. For example, government can support some kind of research to identify some untapped uh, uh, potential uh, uh, export potential. Then those local entrepreneurs can just uh, invest in in those sectors and in, in boost export.
0: That's good. I, I think it's 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 high time. It's high time. Really, we started looking at at local at local talent, if I can put it that way. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was talking to Mohamed Dawafi, The uh, I think that was a, a week ago. His company is making 3D prosthetics in, in Tunisia, right? I think it's some whenever such things happen, these are some of the things that we should rally behind as, as, as Africa and for policymakers as well. You know, these are things that they should be rallying behind. I remember, um, um I think it was around the years of the, of the world war, I don't really recall the full history, how the, the, the American government poured money. Into um, the design of new airplanes that would be highly maneuverable, fast, and I think they would be perfect for the type of war they were trying to get into. They poured a lot of money into it, right? Companies like Lockheed Martin benefited a lot from it, right? And that made them leaders in in the manufacturing of, 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 aer- of airplanes and and um, uh, aeronautic design. Now on the continent now i understand this is one fight i always have with with economists where whenever i say on the continent we do not have something that we say we have rallied uh, uh, ourselves uh, behind to promote it so that africa becomes a place known for that right now of course the most of the times i get slapped in the face by uh what's the name of the uh, of the uh, um I think it's comparative advantage that I get slapped in the face with yeah. most of the times. Yeah. <laughs> they tell yeah. me, but no, these guys have been doing it for years. We can't take that industry and i try to start it here. Yeah. My my response to that has always been, w- wouldn't you rather prefer to control the future than have somebody else control it? For example, what uh, uh, the, the, the trade war uh, um, uh, uh, sort of resulted in when When the U.S. government decided to ban um, uh, uh, U.S. companies from, from trading with China, it wasn't only China that was affected, right? It was also the continent because some of the equipment that we were getting from China had American technology in it and now we couldn't get it anymore, right? That's another example of us having let somebody else control our destiny and having been dependent on this technology, we couldn't use it anymore because they're not selling. And and one thing that I think China did well was to start looking locally and saying, what can we do from here that will make sure that we'll never be in this situation again. I think Huawei was one of the companies that was at the forefront of the the whole debacle really. And they started putting technologies in place and pumping money into R&D to promote the local market and promote local talent and start creating um, local solutions to this challenge that um, the Trump administration had just posed for them. And I look at it and think to myself, why is Africa not doing that? Are we not in the position? You're the one that deals with most of these numbers. Are we not in a position to be able to do that? Are we not in a position to be able to create our own things?
1: Yeah, the answer is yes, we, 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 we can do it. But Sometimes it's lack of political will and commitment. If we we want to do it, we do it. You know, everything starts from a commitment. Strong, you have strong commitment, development starts from commitment. If you have strong commitment and the political will, you will get where you're going to to, to want to be. It it will be difficult, but definitely you will be there. Africans should promote manufacturing sector. We have been relying relying on the export of commodity. Commodity. And now we know that the commodity-driven economic growth does not uh, provide job. where still our economies are not developed. All the uh, developed countries you see today, they develop through manufacturing sector. they improving the living standard of their population through a strong manufacturing sector. But Africa, we move from agriculture sector and we are going to the service sector, where we, we completely jump the, the, the manufacturing sector. And when you look at the, the whole world, only few countries, maybe I can say the Arab countries, because of oil, or only few countries were able to improve the living standard of the population and the level of economic development by uh, by jumping the uh, manufacturing sector. All of them go through went through the manufacturing sector. We should promote that sector, and we need a strong, uh, clear, and policy uh, industrial policy. This is what when you look at Asian countries, the same as you mentioned in China. Yes, they want to rely on themselves. In Africa, where we consume, we consume what we don't produce. You see, we consume yeah. what we don't produce. See, these people can punish us at, at any time. Even the rice, we can't right. produce rice here. We are not self-sufficient. We <laughs> import. How can you import uh, 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 we have arable land? in right. africa everywhere we can produce but still we are importing uh, rice <laughs> basic basic things and we uh, should start we should start from the basic things we use daily start from there we have a huge agriculture potential in africa yes. so we can start through for instance start our manufacturing sector from a uh, maybe agro processing so agro-processing is a, a good business sector in Africa. Mm. Agro-processing and then, uh, uh, renewable energy, all those sectors, retail, food, this is area of uh, business in uh, Africa. We mm. should promote agriculture sector, develop the agriculture sector, that agriculture sector will pave the way for manufacturing, sec- uh, manufacturing through agro-processing, wood processing and other uh, aspects we should improve our education sector. The education system also sometimes is weak. Mm. Many investors, they they, they used to complain when you talk about manufacturing in Africa, they say, okay, we have a a problem of well-educated labor force in many African countries. So sometimes the education, there's a disconnect between the education system and the need of the labor market. So if you want to develop industry, or manufacturing sector, you need skilled labor. People should be well-educated. Mm-hmm. Technology, you need people that are well-educated to, to, to develop your own technology. And this is what we need. you know. Indeed. For example, you want to take Asian country like China. If they want to specialize in a particular area and they don't know, they don't have the capability, they can even send some people, some group of a, a students abroad to study that particular issue and come back to implement it in their own country. We should identify the areas where we, we, we have the advantage. But again, people say comparative advantage, but that comparative advantage, they should know that it's a dynamic issue. In comparative advantage is not static. Like, where because African countries have comparative advantage in agriculture, everything we should do should be related should be to agriculture. agriculture. No. <laughs> No, right. a comparative advantage is a dynamic issue. It's a dynamic issue, learning by doing. When you, you can start through technology, because we, we, we learning the technology is, is easier than being at the frontier of the technology, when you're creating, because countries like the US, uh, they are the frontier of technology. We, we adopt the technology. We, we They create and we, we use it. Indeed. So for, mm-hmm. it's easier. So when you look at China and, and, and South Africa, uh, South Korea, for oh, example, yeah. Samsung, many uh, mobile companies from US collapsed because of sure. Samsung. <laughs> but they are the frontier of technology. But they learn it, they learn the technology, and they become better than them. So that's why cooperative advantage is dyna- dynamic. You learn, you you train your people very well. The same technology, we can use it and improve it. And become better than them. When yeah. you look at industrial revolution, it started from uh, United Kingdom. Right. But yeah. later, later they were overtaken by US <laughs> because US True. learned from them and US improve it. So you learn and you improve it and improve your your comparative advantage. So uh, they should not say that Africa should just focus on agriculture because or commodity uh, oil as well. No, 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 no. Right. We can start we can start and learn through learning by doing, we will become better. We can be better than those who create the, even the technology. You, you learn from them and you improve it. It's like, it's a kind of innovation it's like that. You innovate and you become better than them.
0: Have you heard about Big Shot Business Network? It's the
1: place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs a day by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big shop business network connect
0: share grow. Wow, that's that's really good. That's really good. Thank you for that. These are some of the stories we really need to be talking about because I think the continent is is at that stage where we have realized what the world really is like, and I'm really I'm really glad because it's it's mostly the youth that are beginning to identify uh, the shortcomings of the African strategy so far and beginning to look at some of the systems that are in place and saying, but why is this still here? Why is it that, um, for example, in in South Africa where I am, why is it that we're still importing chickens when we have uh, so many chicken farmers in the country? And you look at some of the agreements that the, the uh, governments on the continent have, um, they have signed with, Uh, um, uh, nations like the US and some other uh, uh, nations in Europe as well. And those agreements are not really beneficial to the continent. Yes, they'll bring you uh, cheaper goods, but they're not really beneficial to the continent because we are being turned into consumers. And as you say, that we have skipped from... From, from being agriculture, agriculture to service to services. Yes,
1: yeah, uh, jump the manufacturing <laughs> sector.
0: Yes. And, is the, and that becomes a problem because yes. we still need equipment on the continent and we have to import it from German. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, yes. because I was I was talking to um one of the activists from Zimbabwe the other time, and one of the issues he was raising was um over the over the past, uh, I think, uh, from 2001, so that's about 20 years, over the past 20 years that Zimbabwe has been uh, under US and UN sang- and, and um, European sanctions, my question was always, in those 20 years, couldn't you start making the, the things you were trying to import? Couldn't you start creating them? I'm sure in 20 years we would have figured out how an Intel chip works, it was not made yes. over a period of twenty yes. years. Yes. We could have figured that out by now, right? Yes. But then we didn't do that, and yes. in 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 many cases, like actually across the continent, yeah. there are things we yes. could have been able to do. Uh, I mean, yes. how long has has um, Ghana be been independent? We could have it could have been a, 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 a one of the most advanced economies on the continent. But right. I don't know what it is exactly that has kept us on this low level all this time, but I think it's something that has to change. I don't know if you, you have ideas or perhaps um, uh, yes. insight into what exactly has kept us here. Yes.
1: for Yes. We, we, for example, industrialization, as I say, need commitment, a clear development uh, industrial policy. Mm-hmm. You need to be uh, disciplined. You need discipline, commitment, combat corruption, and all, all those uh, aspects. Good governance, you new know, good leadership, a leadership, a leader with a vision, to 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 promote a industrialization in in a country. We should promote industrialization in Africa. And now there's a growing recognition that we cannot go anywhere without a strong manufacturing sector. We should promote uh, that sector. And we, 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 for example, in, even uh, in 1970s, 1980s, many African countries uh, attempted to industrialize to uh, state let uh, import substitutions policies. But uh, most of them, uh, in many countries, it failed. It failed because of lack of commitment. There was no clear development planning. It was done in ad hoc manner. And also the structure adjustment program that program uh, sometimes vilified the, the use of industrial policy as a tool to promote economic transformation. So many countries were discouraged from that path. Right. But now, uh, our leaders, they are aware that uh, the same policy, they were discouraged from doing that, but Asian countries, South Korea, will reject the such transform- adjustment program. Mm-hmm. Now we know where South Korea is. is uh, so we have been fooled. And now we know that we have to promote industry in so many countries when you go today we have national uh, industrial development plan we have many countries they have they want to do it and we should start from somewhere as i say uh, we can start and learning by doing will become better so when you are uh, we should align our trade policy to the uh, objective of industrialization according to what we want to do we we design our uh, uh, trade policy and uh, uh, this will help uh, the, the, the continent to, to, to go forward because yes. whenever they impose sanctions on you, for example, let me t- give you the example of a Turkey. In the 1970s, I think they imposed sanctions on, on, on Turkey in the arm issue because of they have issue with uh, uh, rebel group and, and uh, terrorist attack mm-hmm. and, and the issue. And they decide to build their own uh, defense industry. Today, Turkish drone the quality of Turkish drones are on par with Europe or uh, U.S. and other countries. They have very powerful uh, uh, drones, and ninety percent of the equipment, defense equipment they use, are produced locally, and they export to uh, Arab countries or the many many countries. Mm. You know, so we should start from there. But what they do when you come to you go to Turkey, most of their uh, schools. High schools are technical schools. We cannot promote industry without vocational and technical training. But in Africa, when you decide to go to technical schools, they think like you're a failure. You're a failure. You have to become a a, a, a medical doctor, a lawyer, or a psychologist, or sociologist. Anyone who Uh, decides to, 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 to study to go to a training school our, our technical school, mm. they say, oh, you, you see you as a fellow. But <laughs> me, as an economist here, yeah. I cannot make a, a, a mobile phone, a television. The only thing I can do is to design a policy. But who will implement that policy? True, only the true. technicians. We need true. technicians. Mm. We need true. technicians. So we should change our education system and to to to, to give a good quality labor force. The, to, to, to promote our industry in we the, should promote i am not I, I i i agree that african countries should promote technical education technical training technical the, training is very very important when the, you come to Turkey, you see the, those uh, uh, high school students making drums right, technical yes. schools yes. yes and this this kind of education is not promoted in, my, in africa particularly in my country like cote d'ivoire if you go to Organa, if you go to technical school, you're a failure. Because those who fail, those who are not good in the high school, they, they just uh, uh, drive them to a, a technical it did school. technical school, it did. yeah. Wow. But technical school, when you go to Germany, they focus more on technical schools. Mm. Wow. The BMW, you see, was is not made by economists or uh, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> you see? So we should promote this kind of education. If you yeah, want yeah. To, to, to promote our uh, industry and to, to, to have confidence, to rely on ourselves, to say that we can do it. The only thing we need to do is commitment. It will be difficult because those uh, other countries, they will not allow us, but you also, you should not stop from doing that. Because what, what they want, because there's a kind of hidden agenda to ensure that Africa continues to provide uh, a raw material to their to their mature industry, okay. and in return we import manufactured goods. No, we should start to promote our own manufactured goods so that uh, we end we, we change this uh, trade pattern set by the, our colonial masters. Yeah, they're, and that
0: they're and very true. What are some of the perhaps policies that you think governments across the continent could start implementing for African entrepreneurs to? rise, you know, come out of obscurity because at most African business is still very obscure. You hardly know people that are actually succeeding in business. Everybody seems to be struggling here and there. But most of the companies that are uh, thriving on the continent and making huge profits, they're not even owned on the continent. They're not owned by Africans. And yet they're thriving (laughs) in our backyards right are there some policies that you think governments could start implementing that yeah. i know to some extent right once such policies come in there will be a dip right in economic activity but uh, my hope is that from that dip there will be a sharp increase once we start creating yes. our own thing so what are some of the policies that you think we can implement
1: i think uh, the government there should be a close uh, coordination between the government and the, the private sector Right. It will help the, uh, the government to know their need, what they need, what is their problem. They explain their problem. And also it will help the government to get the feedback because when they implement the policy, it happens to get the feedback, how this policy is uh, uh, allow, uh, helping the uh, private sector to achieve their o- objective. We should rely, we should trust uh, our local entrepreneurs. For example, our uh, in uh, government procurement they usually select foreign companies at the expenses of local companies.
0: Right.
1: They don't That's trust good. them. Mm-hmm. You will see a, a, a road construction, bridge, big, 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 big infrastructure project, but all run by foreign companies. But we have local companies. That's why you don't. You say you don't see them. They don't get the market, but. If you don't try, you don't give the the, the company the market, how will you know that the company is capable of doing? It's like when people are recruiting, they say mm. five years experience, 10 years experience, but there's no school for experience. You should try mm. the person.
0: True, yeah.
1: And the person will become better. But we, we don't trust our local entrepreneurs. Mm. And if you don't trust them, they, 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 they can never grow. So That's the true, government yeah. can create, a, a, should create a conducive a, a environment that allowed a, the, the, the private sector to flourish, a, to grow like a business environment. Sometimes yeah. the high corruption, business regulation, the economic freedom, the government to, to to regulate the sector, a, improve infrastructure. Look at infrastructure in, in, in the continent, mm-hmm. the poor infrastructure in, in the continent. This, it creates a so kind of a, productivity penalty for for, right. for uh, private uh, uh, firms. So infrastructure deficit, we should try to, to, to deal with infrastructure issue, government should promote a, a very good uh, business environment and also allow access to finance. It's very, very, very important. That's why you see many firms in Africa cannot participate in international trade because they don't have access to finance right if you don't have access to finance the 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 competition in an international market is so high that you cannot stay longer in the market so you need a support Mm. to develop your distribution network many to to do the uh, firm level in the necessary firm level investment that will allow you to 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 be in the foreign market and and stay in for longer uh, period Yes. So. Yes, this is the government should do that. Support our local entrepreneurs, trust them. Then all the, the foreign companies we know we, we are seeing in Africa here, they were mm-hmm. promoted by their local government. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we also should promote our entrepreneurs, give them the contract, and trust them, monitor them. They will mm-hmm. deliver. They will deliver. Indeed. We when when, for example, when I was still doing my PhD in, 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 in Turkey. When I started, I was in a, a, a here. When you, you, I was in a dormitory, and you have many, many, many public dormitory here. Dormitories here, and government, for example, the fridge, the fridge government provide to students. they put in the students' room. They all are from local firms. Government will never import a fridge or a computer to the students here. All the students, the, the computer they use, the fridge you see in their room mm-hmm. are from the local firms. Because they give the market to local firms. What you start, what you need is a market. Without market, mm-hmm. you are going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the market we should the first market a company we have is the local the domestic market. Mm-hmm. They start from the domestic market, and through learning by doing, they get experience. They increase their productivity, their competition, and they go to the international market. But in Africa, even the domestic market, they don't have, because government prefer the foreign uh, uh, company. Maybe sometimes they do it under pressure from, 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 from developed countries, because they, if they don't do that, they will not get loan or something like that. Because, yes, because for example, uh, Rwanda wanted to ban uh, uh, imported secondhand clothes. But they, were, they they didn't allow them to do that. US <laughs> threatened them, mm. US threatened them. So they couldn't do that. But even if they succeeded in, in banning this uh, secondhand clothes, it will promote local firms um, to, to invest in that area, to produce clothes. But they couldn't do that. And so so sometimes they have external constraints, but that this is not, we cannot put all the blame on our foreign foreigners our foreign sure. mm. or foreign companies or foreign powers. We should promote industry in Africa, manufacturing yeah. sector. This is the yeah. only way we can uh, give a, a good living standard for our population, give better job and prosperity for all.
0: Indeed, indeed, and a better future for the continent as well. Now, you mentioned in your in your in your article that um, focusing also on Africa continent of free trade area that would also be uh, very key to the development of the continent and very key to attracting foreign direct investment. Now, I always think anything that attracts foreign investment should also attract local investment. Now, there are entrepreneurs that do have the money, right? Their businesses have made it, they do have the money. And there are governments on the continent that do have the money that they can shift around and focus more on developing local businesses. What do you think has been the hindrance to the Africa Free Trade Area Agreement?
1: Afri- the the, the free, African free, free Trade Area Agreement is, is expected to start from uh, January uh, 2021. So we will see, uh, I think it's a chance uh, to, for Africa to, to promote uh, industry, because it gives a market of over 1 billion uh, consumer so it helps firms to overcome the constraint of a narrow domestic market. You, you see, yeah. so uh, yes, it will attract also. Of course, it attract foreign investment. And as I say, government can 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 control foreign investment. You drive them to to the sector where we don't have local capability. Then they come, and you you can the the, the local entrepreneur will learn from them,
0: yeah. and we
1: have the sectors. Also, that will be closed to, 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 to we close it to foreign investment
0: right. to yes. promote
1: local entrepreneurs. Mm. All depend on the government policy. We should not adopt this um, uh, laissez-faire attitude. Like uh, we should we should adopt a strategic attitude towards mm. foreign investment. We should not allow them to invest everywhere. Uh, no, mm. according to our development objective. We should just draft this foreign investors and promote our domestic investors.
0: That's good. Now, whenever I see the, the free trade area agreement coming up, I can't help but wonder could this be the the precursor to perhaps Africa becoming one nation?
1: Yes, it could be. But you know, it will depend on the commitment of our policymakers and our African government. Because look at even the agreement that is expected to start from January 2021. So far, only 34 African countries have ratified okay. the agreement. Only 34. And only 10 countries has uh, submitted their tariff offers. When I mean tariff offers, uh, the, the tariff concession, like yes, this yeah. is kind of, yes, we will do. Only 10 countries. And only 34 has ratified. When we have 54 uh, countries in Africa. Mm-hmm. So there's a lack of commitment. We we rely on all kinds Some government do not want to engage themselves in this uh, trade agreement. They say, OK, this will boost Africa development. But in reality, they don't want to go in, because they don't want to lose maybe tariff revenue. <laughs> yes, this is a, a you know, yeah. They don't want to lose tariff revenue. They don't want to go in. Look at even the regional uh, integration like a SADC, ECOWAS, those uh, organizations, they are not working. True, true. The trade true. trade between those country members of this country is very low. So what, what makes you think that uh, the, uh, the free trade, uh, African continental free trade will work better, even if the small, small uh, uh, regional uh, integration yeah. are not doing well? What makes you think that the whole uh, agreement with the whole continent African countries will work better. It nice. is good mm-hmm. if it works better, but it, it, there are serious challenges.
0: Yeah. Wow, It's really tough. I do hope at, at, at one point, our leadership will, will come back to their senses. Actually, let me just put it that way. We'll come back to their senses and see that it is important that the, you know, this, this, this trade in the economy on the continent grows it's a very important part of the african future if i can put it that way now in other cases right let's say like you mentioned earlier that uh, manufacturing has to be has to be an integral part of the future that we want to create right is it possible perhaps for countries on the on the on the continent to decide that okay we'll become the manufacturing hub and start working on that and not make it some 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 2050 vision or no 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 say we will prioritize this and start working on on this right now and is there a way we could perhaps pressure our own leaders to start looking at the at the future of the continent a bit more seriously because i think at this moment it doesn't seem like they're serious about it. Do you think there's something we could do as citizens or as business owners on the continent to pressure our governments to start taking perhaps manufacturing seriously for starters?
1: Yes, I think they should promote manufacturing seriously. But what maybe the the population can do, what the population can do really in Africa uh, to pressurize their government to invest in industry. The industrial policy it designed by government. It designed by government and allow uh, the private sector to also uh, invest based on the, the the industrial policy designed by the government. You see, it, it will drive domestic investors to come because government we we provide a environment yeah. that would promote a uh, uh, manufacturing. You look at a country like Ethiopia is doing very well. It started from a very low base, but the country is doing very well. They have created uh, uh, industrial parks, economic zones, Mm -hmm. and very close to to, to port, airport, universities, they grow roadways and everything. So they they are promoting uh, manufacturing in the area of textile, footwear, agro-processing and other uh, areas. So the country is doing very well and other countries also can learn from Ethiopia that we can start from a very low base and grow the manufacturing sector. With a strong commitment, we can promote industry in Africa. We should not continue to export agriculture product commodity because we have a comparative advantage. That comparative advantage has not brought us so anywhere. We see the country still Africa is the poorest continent in the world. When we talk about Africa, they automatically think about poverty, diseases, and all those things. But we have all the resources. We have all the resources. We have all what it takes to develop our our continent. The only problem is our leadership, our leaders. We don't have good leaders on the continent. Only few, if you have only few, most of them are interested in their selfish interests. The elite, the governing elite, mm. they just serving their own interests instead of serving the the, the, the interests of the population. This is what we need. Without a, a, a leadership, good leadership, without a good vision, we mm. cannot promote industry. Indeed. So it Indeed. takes a strong leader, a good leader, that we know where I want my country to be, by 2030 or by 2035 or 2040 and start to implement the policy from now. As you say, not waiting for the net agenda, 2063 agenda. <laughs> now you say they have 2063 agenda, <laughs> but they are not doing anything. They're not doing anything, that, yes. Yeah, that will take them, that will make them uh, realize what are the, the, the plans in the agenda. They are not doing anything. They keep on, they go there, conference, summit. 2020, 2063 agenda. Mm-hmm. As if twenty sixty three will never come. Twenty sixty three will come. <laughs> it will come, It yeah. will not be anywhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: governance is a key issue in Africa. Mm. Poor governance, weak institutions are impeding on uh, progress in Africa. Right. If they, they will deal with this situation, in good governance, strong institutions, mm. We will move forward.
0: That's great. We are we are kind of running out of time. I wanted to to get in in your article. You you spoke about what Africa can do to also achieve the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals. Now, one of those goals, actually, the very top of those goals, is no poverty, right? Uh, and the second one, I believe, it's zero hunger, right? Yeah, now, yeah. my challenge with those two especially about Africa, is that I believe it was um, five or so years ago. I don't know, but like going back, going back, there was a time when the UN said the world has enough food for 10 years. And then they went on and put zero hunger as one of the goals when the world has enough food for 10 years. I couldn't help but notice a sort of double standard to it in that in in it clearly becomes a matter of priority if the world is enough food then why was zero hunger number 2 all right we can we can still take it as it is part of the goals but then for the fact that it was put as a 2030 goal somebody that is angry now is not going to be there in 2030 <laughs> you
1: understand yeah. Yeah. so i think that uh, yes the objective is that by 2030 there will no zero hunger in in in, in the world but right. you know, many African countries are not food secure. Exactly. Many mm-hmm. African countries. So it's a reality. What they are saying is true. Mm-hmm. Still, we continue to import food. You we import food. Many, many African countries are not food mm-hmm. a, a secure country. But yes. we have great op- 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 potential in agriculture sector. Yes.
0: And so in what food, we have in, to in uh, yeah in agricultural processing as well as yes. we are saying
1: yes. 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 Once you develop the agriculture, it pave a way to uh, agro processing uh, for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at the same time, it provides food for people, increased consumption, income. And when many African countries, about 60% of the people are, are, in, are working in the agriculture sector. So developing that sector, will improve income of the population, improve Indeed. consumption.
0: Indeed.
1: So we should promote agriculture. Africa, we, we have never promoted agriculture. We keep on importing. Mm-hmm. People are hungry on the continent. Because look, look at the, a, a, Ethiopia, many countries. Mm. It's a DRC, Repo- uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Malnutrition is one of the leading cause of uh, 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 zero uh, under five uh, uh, children death right. yes. yeah. in, in, in Democratic Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm. but that the, the country has huge agriculture potential you know so africa mm-hmm. is a kind of a, a, a continent of paradox we have everything and yet they will tell africa is the poorest <laughs> continent in the world but we have everything
0: we have everything yeah yeah
1: we have everything <laughs> just we don't want to develop we lack we don't have good governance we don't have good governance
0: i see. I it's been a real, real amazing time talking to you. I do hope I'll get another chance to bring you yes, again, yeah. but uh, we're kind yes. of running out of time now. Yeah. Um, any final words to Africans listening?
1: Yeah, I can say, uh, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for giving me any, or some or the opportunity to share my views about uh, the future of Africa, about what Africa can do to go forward. We have been complaining that we don't have access to a foreign market. Because let, let me tell you that, for example, when African countries export raw materials, sometimes there is no tax, no tariff. They don't pay a uh, tax. But when they start they, uh, to export processed uh, uh, agriculture product, then the tariff increase. You see, so there's a kind of agenda to maintain Africa in this kind of a a trade pattern we have now. Mm. So it is out uh, uh, to our leaders to know that we should focus on ourselves. The way Asian countries were able to develop their industry, the same way we should focus on us, trust our local entrepreneurs, create uh, the the conducive uh, environment Give them the support they need to grow. This is what we can do, and we can have a, a, a big companies in Africa like Samsung, like uh, Huawei, like uh, uh, Apple. We can do that. Indeed. Indeed. So, oh, mm-hmm. I want our government to think about the population and forget. Uh, uh, their own selfish interests to think about the, the population. we are tired Whenever they see you when you say where are you from I'm from Africa they automatically think about hunger True. about poverty. Mm-hmm. One day I was in, in in a bus in Istanbul speaking with one uh, and automatically asked me where is the situation of hunger situation in Africa poverty, do you have electricity there? <laughs> oh, Lord. You see? Yeah. So this is the idea people have in about Africa. Mm. But we have everything. We have everything in Africa. We need strong commitment, political work, to change the situation of our continent and we will be able to do it. It will be challenging, but we will get there. We should start from now and attend. Just will be better. Thank you for
0: having me. Beautiful. It's been great having you. It's been really informative. And I think very, if I can really put it, really, I think its it's been very insightful, if I can put it that way, because... Thank you. Most of the things you said. But I really appreciate you coming through. I hope we'll get you again for another for another yeah. episode. Uh, you are welcome.
1: Whenever you need me, you you can get in touch with me. Beautiful. And we, it will be a great, great pleasure to discuss with you.
0: Indeed. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much for coming through today. Have Thank, a beautiful you. Thank day. you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.